Hi, everyone. Welcome to part two of the Del Poch podcast, all about the life after UCLA. Today, we have a wonderful guest here with us to share everything about their experiences after graduating, how UCLA might have prepared them for the opportunities that they are in in this moment. Um, if you're new to the podcast, I'm your host, Jocelyn Perez. I'm a fourth year at UCLA double majoring in political science and Chicano studies. I'm also the academic peer counselor and coordinator here at Mecha Calmecac, and I'm very excited to introduce our guest, Paulina Hernandez. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, y'all. Yeah, my name is Paulina, um, and I graduated from UCLA in 2019, which, looking at my calendar, came over to 2022. Um, <laughs> the way time flowed is just been crazy. Um, and I'm currently a recruitment manager um, with Teach for America. Prior to that, um, I was I did Teach for America in Miami, um, and I could get into that later, but it was beginning and during the pandemic, um, so I could definitely talk about that. And then at UCLA, I studied statistics and I double minored in Spanish, Spanish and Chicano studies. Yay, I'm so excited to dive into what your experience was like with Teach for America and how that landed you into the position you are in now and also just how different your experience might have been having to go through that in the midst of a pandemic. Totally non-traditional timeline for anyone to do anything new. So definitely excited to hear about that. So our first question for you is how did you go about obtaining those positions? Yeah, so um, it all started. No, I'm just kidding. So um, I interned with Teach for America while I was at UCLA um, for the recruitment team, actually. And I basically was supporting juniors and seniors who were applying to Teach for America um, under my director, Selena, who was like my mentor and incredible like leader and someone I still love to look up to and, and connect to today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, interning with them, I like fell on the mission statement and was like, you know what, this is something I want to do post-grad. And so I applied early junior year for the early application. Um, and it was funny because my um, top three choices were New York, Miami, and Hawaii and so my poor mama was like oh you don't want to stay home in California no. it's okay <laughs> uh, but I was just you know I'm from like um a small town an hour and a half outside of LA I'd been in SoCal my whole life so I was like ready for an adventure um got placed in Miami which um was a blessing in disguise and mm-hmm. um you know literally I think it was like the night of um the Rasa graduation actually it ended mm-hmm. like at nine and my flight was like at 11 p.m. that night oh and so gosh. I literally got home got my bags and was like on a plane to Miami it was like very dramatic and very, like, emotional. <laughs> very cinematic oh my gosh <laughs> yeah um and you know I started the program obviously like just normal school year 2019 um and then of course you all know COVID hit um 2020 which is about six or seven months into my first year teaching and so definitely threw a curveball and um you know teacher America places um you know leaders in lower-income communities and um these communities definitely um the inequities were already there but the pandemic definitely heightened the inequities and, and widened mm-hmm. them and so um you know supporting students who maybe didn't have access to Wi-Fi or, you know, laptops or how to share with multiple siblings in the home or, um, you know, parents who had to work during the pandemic to, you know, sustain their family. There was just a lot of um, 
like personal issues as well that of course I wanted to support with with my students Um, and from that point on I taught virtual which thankfully like I'm very tech savvy so like I felt fine (laughs) and was like actually like leading and supporting other veteran teachers who are like you know older and like didn't know how to work zoom and supporting in that way as well yeah um but yeah I I did virtual like from then on out until 2021 um and I was trying to figure out what I what my next step wanted to be um because I knew I was very passionate about like fighting for educational equity for all students um specifically like for me like I was um a Latina in STEM at UCLA like in the statistics department there weren't a lot of women that looked like me or people that looked like me in general um and so being able to kind of bridge that gap between like diversity and representation in STEM Mm -hmm. and like make that more equitable and accessible to um you know, all students was really important to me. Um, I kind of did that through uh, a coding club, like a virtual coding club my second year. I was able Mm -hmm. to teach like my little third grade babies. I love them so much and I miss them. Um, I taught them like how to code and um, brought in like guest speakers who identified as BIPOC from like Google and Facebook and just these TFA and UCLA connections actually that I had to speak to my kids so they can feel seen in these spaces. Mm -hmm. And that kind of propelled me to want to... um, kind of ventured that out a little bit um, and ultimately was actually reached out to by my, so Selena, full circle now, my former manager yeah. for the recruitment team recommended me to apply for the Teach for America recruitment team. I was like, and it didn't even cross my mind. And I was like, oh, I'll try it. Like the internship was really cool. Mm-hmm. And ended up applying um, and got the position in New York, which was like my goal. Like as if you remember, like yeah. number one place. And so I was like, uh, how can I not take this opportunity and kind of start that new adventure in New York? And so um, last August, which I can't believe it's been like, what, six months now, mm-hmm. um, I moved to New York and started my job remotely, um, which was obviously a change of pace because I was not remote in Florida um, yeah. during the pandemic. And so that's kind of long story short, but mainly long of how I got here. <laughs> It's very exciting, though, and also to hear how impactful your experience was and how you were able to bring in people into these spaces to help your students feel seen and the importance of representation to show them what could be possible. Such a great and empowering thing that you did for them. And I know I still remember how meaningful certain experiences that I had when I was also in third grade that I mm-hmm. have carried up t- till this day so yeah. teachers make a lifelong impact truly and I know that you had such a huge role that you played in these students lives and I'm sure they miss you just as much as you miss them oh, yeah. <laughs> um, definitely if you ever get a chance to reconnect with them someday, maybe when they're a bit older, I'm so yeah. curious to hear what that would be like, you know? Yeah, thank you so much. I feel like I initially, th- I thought I wanted to do high school because you get the whole, like, you know, you get to see them go off to college and support them through all that. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of felt more called to elementary just because, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that students had strong foundations and like even with the, I mean, not even knowing the pandemic was going to happen, like kind of mm-hmm. pushing students even more behind, like trying to get them on track so they can be set up for success earlier on because um, it does get more difficult as you get older and just, you know, different things happen. So I really appreciate that. And, and that's the one thing it's like, I know all my high school teachers didn't let me even add them like on Facebook until I graduated. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like I, I told all my kids, I was like in 10 years and their parents was like in 10 years, 
invite me to all their high school graduations. I will fly back down oh, to Miami and go. Yeah. Um, if you remember me, I will 100% go. So I will definitely keep you posted. They definitely remember you. So I'm excited to hear <laughs> 10 years from now where they're all going and how much of an impact you played in their lives. Um, that's so special. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I imagine every day in those positions and in your current position are so different because just of the nature of your role. But if you could describe a day in your life, what are some type of responsibilities that you kind of have to do at, on the daily? Yeah. So, you know, I think as a teacher, it's very much like every day is something different and the recruitment yeah. role, like that prepared me for my recruiting role now because literally every day my Outlook calendar is packed from like nine to six with all different kinds of calendar holds. Um, mm-hmm. I you know, do anything from like cohort meetings and strategies to, you know, a lot of my calendars meeting with um, prospect students, you know, students who are interested in teacher America, I've never heard of it, you know, are looking at postgrad options. um, And I'm being able to just chat with them. And obviously, right now, it's all virtual, um, just kind of depending on how campuses open up in the future. We'll see if that continues virtual or in person, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, hosting and planning virtual um, you know, alumni panel events and different um, ways to kind of engage students and have them learn more about us, um, connecting them with alumni who are like involved in their fields. So, like a lot of teacher marker alumni are both, um, you know, across all sectors from education to medicine to law to STEM. Um, and a lot of times it's helpful to connect these, pro- these prospects um, with someone who not only identifies similar to them in like their career paths, but oftentimes like for me, it's important again, like to have representation in the classroom and also in our alumni. And so making sure that, um, especially my BIPOC, um, prospects that I'm working with, like have, you know, those mentorships that I can connect them to even, or like helping them prepare for their interview and things like that. So mm-hmm. literally every day is different. Um, but it's, it's been, um, a really great learning experience and like, I think teaching definitely has prepared me for a lot of skills that I have to use now, but even in this role too, like, I feel like I'm growing like every month I'm like, Oh, okay. I could have done that better. Like this is how I'll pivot this month. So. Yeah. Yeah, But I think in any role you are constantly growing. And I think the fact that you recognize that is really special because you're going to continue to improve. And either if this is, what you want to do for the next couple years or kind of just in the long term growth is always such an essential step in any field that you're ever in um so I'm happy to hear that you welcome that growth and even if there's moments that are you know maybe a little bit more challenging you are still super optimistic and engaged in the work and this is something even I can tell just by the way you talk about it and I know listeners will be able to hear as well how passionate you are about it and genuinely dedicated to this type of work which is so important and I know that they're all so thankful to have you in these spaces so thank you so much for sharing that um thank you I feel like I learned a lot about growth mindset in the classroom and that is like now it's like ingrained in me of like you have to think of every experience like how can I grow from this and like I listen to a lot of Brene Brown and if you don't know her look her up on any podcast (laughs) um but she talks a lot about like um you know what is the story you're telling yourself and like on the good days and the bad days of any role that you're in like a lot of it's like how you frame it and your mindset you know there's all all, all other outside factors as well but 
a lot of it's like it could come down to how are you how are you telling yourself this story um and you know what can you change and how can you grow from it and like that has been like pivotal <laughs> in like my early now technically mid-20s um mm-hmm. trying to you know maneuver careers and professionally yeah definitely can see that um super super important thing to carry from being an undergrad to being actually in the workforce which is something I'm preparing myself for frantically but also it's a bittersweet thing um, because I'm excited to actually translate everything I'm learning in the classroom to tangible things Um, so it's very exciting and very empowering to hear you speak Um, but pivoting just a little bit into something maybe not so positive I would love to know what your relationship has been like with imposter syndrome Oh my gosh, so I just I took a deep breath because I was like, <laughs> thinking of even when you asked me to be on this podcast, I was like, uh, why are you asking me? And like, that's like a perfect example of it. Yeah. Um, I think myself, like many, I struggle with imposter syndrome for many reasons. I think like, you know, being um, a Latina, like Latina and STEM, especially I was talking a lot about that in my classes uh, mm-hmm. at UCLA, I it was like really difficult. Um, and I don't think it's like not something that you necessarily um, can, I guess, run away from. You just kind of learn how to maneuver it. Um, right. But like one particular thing was like, I remember walking my graduation from my statistics graduation, like walking the stage, picking on my diploma or my degree and being like, why are they giving this to me? Like I do not deserve it. <laughs> and like, it's like those moments that like, of course I did. I have to tell myself like, you passed these classes, like you did the thing, like you got your yeah. bachelor's in science, like, and just like having, kind of turn those thoughts into like, okay, yes, you do deserve this. And having like wonderful people, like, you know, your mom or like even yourself, Jocelyn, you're very like yeah. positive as well. Like having people like remind you of those things, um, yeah. even when you don't feel it yourself. And then I think also a lot in like mentorship has helped me with it. Um, because again, like, I think, especially like if you, if you go into spaces where there aren't people that look like you or, um, as many people, um, in the room that, you know, come from similar backgrounds as you, Mm -hmm. I think having like mentors and people who can kind of, um, you know, guide you the way. And then as well as for myself, right? Like now I'm a couple years out of college and like, if there's any way that I can support, like even the college kids that I'm recruiting now, like supporting with their resume and like kind of guiding them the way and like making sure that they know that they are important and that they're valued and, yeah. you know, that they are deserving of these places and these spaces. Like it, that's kind of how I've kind of maneuvered that, but it's still something I struggle with all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I know that there's so many people who come from, the communities that we come from, the spaces and hold these identities that we hold have too close of a relationship sometimes with imposter syndrome. And honestly, we are best friends with imposter syndrome. And I wish we weren't sometimes mm-hmm. because we definitely earned our spaces um, so much, just like our counterparts that we you know, might compare ourselves to. Um, we belong in these spaces and I think sometimes it just takes a simple reminder or you taking a step back to be like I really did work hard to get here and I deserve to be here Um, but it's so easy to forget and even as I tell you this in this moment I'm sure I was experiencing like can I even get through I don't know this paper that I'm doing why am I even here all these Mm -hmm. 
very intricate feelings that come about with questioning whether or not you are meant to be in these spaces um, always goes back to the importance of like your role in Teach for America and how meaningful you probably were and in fact I know you were for those kids and hopefully your impact that you had on them can allow them to not have as close of a relationship with imposter syndrome and be super confident in their abilities to be a representation for other folks in these um, fields that they might not traditionally have seen themselves in or even just in spaces of higher education that traditionally might not be as accessible for these folks that um, Teach for America teachers are going into and serving. So I know that your role was super, super meaningful. Um, But knowing what your experience was like at UCLA and kind of how you prepared to exit already having secured a job offer, what is some advice that you could give graduating seniors at UCLA? Oh, wow. This is taking me way back. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, okay, I'll give you like two parts. Like the first one's like during senior year. Um, I know a lot of people are going to like their second or third quarter now um, Mm -hmm. or soon. Um, Just enjoy like these last, I guess, few weeks because I think a lot of times like post-grad and my friends and I always talk about it. Like there's nothing like UCLA there's nothing like being in this time with these people um and like when else you're going to be in in, in a very similar opportunity with like-minded people um who are all going to do incredible things and your closest Mm -hmm. friends and there's just just enjoy those moments because there's nothing like that um there's there's definitely great moments after but there's nothing very quite like you know UCLA and I think the second one is like you deserve to be there and you deserve to be graduating and whether or not like you already have secured you know your your post-grad plans like I'm a strong believer in like uh you know everything happens for a reason what's meant to be Mm -hmm. will be and um I mean there's been a lot of times in my life where things have happened expect like unexpectedly and have turned out for the better and you know when you're thinking about like what comes next whether you know or not just kind of know that you deserve to be at UCLA like you do you deserve that degree that you're going to walk across the stage and pick up um Mm -hmm. and you know whatever work that you do next whatever that means to whatever you know you're passionate about um or the way that you want to make a difference like in this world like it's going to matter and it's going to happen when it's meant to happen so um it just kind of I guess taking it all in and also like knowing your worth going to the next chapter what is something you wish you would have known before leaving UCLA like if you could go back and tell yourself something oh my gosh that's a good question um before leaving UCLA yeah wow <sighs> okay I need to go on this line. <laughs> sorry. um I wish I would have had more confidence in myself like in the spaces I was taking up like I was really involved on campus and like kind of shed away some things that um you know I again I didn't feel like I was like quote-unquote good enough for um Mm -hmm. academically or in different spaces like professionally different spaces and you know I'm proud of myself and I did do like a lot but I but I if I can go back something I would change I guess is you know having more confidence and like if I can look at myself back 
now it's you know 21 22 they're like no like go ahead and like try to get that internship or go ahead and like try out that field or join that club or trying try to um do those things that you're afraid of because I feel like those are missed opportunities that I had again like I'm sure everything happened for a reason but I feel like I always look back and I'm like okay I wish I had the confidence I have now than I did then and I think that that's just a reoccurring cycle at this point yeah but I think at the end of the day like going back to things that you were saying earlier everything really does happen for a reason and if you didn't have those moments you wouldn't be in the spaces that you are now with just this knowledge and wisdom that you very much have which is why I asked you to be on this podcast (laughs) um that you belong there and you are worthy of being in these spaces and I think that is if there's any prominent theme that we have been discussing throughout this episode is that that you are worthy and deserving of being in these spaces and in those moments when we might not feel as confident I think like just reflecting back on older versions of ourselves um kind of just sometimes like want to give them a hug and be like you're gonna get through yeah just take a deep breath <laughs> and I know sometimes it feels like it's the end of the world but it's really I know it's so cliche and annoying but like really does build you to have so much resilience and stamina to get through so many of the other hurdles life is gonna throw at us yeah, 100%. Um, and it's super special even if it's um from a small challenge to a really big thing, um, all of those little things and big things play into the big picture. So kind of just taking a different perspective on it. Um, but I would love to know what is next for you. Are you planning on staying in your current position for a while and just kind of like see what feels right? Is there anything planned, anything you're hoping for? Is this your like ultimate goal? Are you where you want to be forever? Oh, gosh uh big lots of pressure no just kidding um, <laughs> I definitely don't have anything lined up currently next um I mm-hmm. think like when I think long term I know that um I don't know what that role may be but I know it's definitely like working in spaces where I'm able to um bring like STEM educational equity to low-income communities and um specifically like BIPOC students um and just try to create more representation um, an exposure of like STEM education to students because I again that's something that I didn't have um, mm-hmm. until I got to UCLA and I fell in love with it but it was kind of too late at that point which is why I kind of made that coding club for my um, kiddos back in third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I again don't know what that looks like but I know that um, in the general sense like I feel called to do work within like STEM education and equity and whether that means like you know, being that representation or, you know, providing that support and education to other students. Um, I don't really know yet, but I feel like, again, um, I'm okay with not knowing what that is right now. And I think that's like, that, like me saying that, like, I would not have said that three years ago. Like I, I expected myself to know what I wanted to do, like right out of college. And I think like these last two roles have definitely taught me like to kind of be where I am and be where my feet are. So I mean, yeah. that's what I always say, like, be where you are, <laughs> like, take it all in, um, learn what you're supposed to learn, and, like, as things come, or as, you know, you explore more things, like, if that's what's where you're feeling called to, to go next, like, go ahead and tackle it, you know, go, go ahead. Yeah. So that's kind of um, what I'm thinking for now. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, Paulina. I always love every single conversation I get to have with you. And honestly, hearing you speak, hearing your experiences is very inspiring for me, motivates me a lot to honestly just get through midterms week and (laughs) one step at a time and then we'll be out of here, which is very scary for me. But Hearing you gives me a lot of reassurance that things are going to be okay. Um, you got this. My mom used to always tell me I would like every midterms and finals would like cry to my mom. And she'd be like, yeah, merito, yeah, merito. And like this uh, many quarters left and this many quarters left. So you're almost there, yeah, merito. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on a sticky note, put it everywhere in my room <laughs> so that I don't forget. And I continue giving myself that reminder. But I appreciated this conversation so much. And I know that this is going to serve so many folks who are listening and needed to feel heard and validated and seen by your story and your experiences. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. I enjoyed our conversation. And um, I'm just, I'm really grateful for you and just the way that you kind of carry this conversation as well. I know that anyone listening also is going to learn a lot from you. And I just know your future is going to be bright regardless as well. You're so sweet. Well, thank you all so much for listening in on this episode. We hope y'all enjoyed and we will see you very soon with another episode. Bye, y'all. Bye.